Hello! Oh, I am at an angle. Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Headlines AEW Review. My name is Matt Mayer, aka Imp, and we are live here on Wrestling Headlines YouTube and later available in podcast form. Links in the description or head over to WrestlingHeadlines.net for all your latest wrestling news. I am joined once again by James Boyd of One Nation Radio to talk about AEW. How are you doing, James? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm on the American side, so today was Thanksgiving, but... um. Yeah, uh, it asked me to come on, so I was like, may as well do this. Like, it gives me an excuse to get away from the fam for like a good hour or so. Uh-huh. So, um, I'm doing that, and I'm glad to be here. So, I was about to just say, uh, thank you for coming on on Thanksgiving, but the way you've worded it is, thank no, you for getting me away, you. imp. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It's always, it's mm. always, you know, you mm. know, like a lot of people understand the family turmoil. So it's like, or not turmoil, tension, or whatever you want to call it. Where it's like. You love your family. You're happy to see them, and then after that, it's kind of like, oh, kind of rip record, rip record, and kind of get out of here. So, um, this this little hour uh, is appreciated. You want to do this one Christmas? Oh, Christmas! All oh, Christmas as well. <laughs> Just to get James out. <laughs> oh, um, I'm not covering day one. New Year's is not happening. <laughs> like, no, no. Okay. No. <laughs> Uh, again, that's not that's not AEW. We don't. We, I don't call James in for. I don't make him watch a WWE show. <laughs> I'm not like that. <laughs> I've not done that yet. So I remember when the first dinner Thanksgiving show because I'm, I'm on. I had the Thursday slot when I joined Laws of Pain Radio, and I remember me and Burn mm-hmm. in that first Thanksgiving going. It's Thanksgiving. Is anyone going to care? <laughs> Is anyone going to tune into us talking investing on Thanksgiving? Yeah, we got our biggest number. Yeah, <laughs> like we were yeah. not ready for that. Yeah. Yeah, he, like he wants you know. People want, yeah. People want to, you know, in, people want to see their family, but they don't want to see their family for very long. They, hmm. you know, bits like this to go, you know, commuting and whatnot, like stuff like this. People enjoy. Hmm. I mean, that's the reason why in the territories they used to on Thanksgiving they used to run shows. Ah, that's smart. That is smart. Yes, because the whole Survivor Series thing, all born over the like Thanksgiving kind of area of uh, the card, of the card called yep, the Thanksgiving. Card. And, yep. <laughs> Thanksgiving to Starcade, yeah, yeah, mm. the whole part, the whole thing. Through from a wrestling fan, I accidentally called a calendar like the card for the year. Like it's a wrestling card. <laughs> <laughs> Good card. That's fun. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to talk about this to this week's AEW, which was on Thanksgiving Eve from last night. And it's fair to say there are two talking points coming out of this show, and we're going to focus on one of my favourite segments in AEW history. But the question is. Is this also AEW's greatest promo? Because I've got a list in my head. Of, it's not just AEW. In, the, in my head, it's like, what is it even just wrestling in general? Is it just the best in wrestling in general? But also, for AEW, the only one mm-hmm. I'm comparing it to in my head, there must be more. But the one that jumps to my mind is the Cody one where he talks about being undeniable in the run-up to Chris Jericho. Yes, I call it Ellis Island promo. Yeah. Yes, yeah. As in that, in that moment, you're like, this man is the greatest baby face that's ever lived. <laughs> Just you're watching it in that specific moment. It's so, right. it's so damn good. But right. this is, because people brought up the comparison to how WWE does promo battles and when they try mm-hmm. and get real with it. So, like, sometimes they do it well, and then other times you get... Roman Cena, which was, I guess, their latest attempt at a promo like this specifically. Um, yeah, I feel like Lynch and Flair was based in a very specific event and kind of just turned morning off of that. Whilst this is this is like twenty minutes, go at each other. Both of you come up with uh, back and forth, whatever. It's a proper battle. 
And last time in WWE, there the the falling on that was there wasn't the story tied to it. Roman Reigns Cena, they were just going hard at each other, and then you're like, but they're just ribbing on each other. There's no other story there, really. <laughs> Whatever it was was quite weak. Um, so I uh, I got an interesting day on Twitter when I was saying the Survivor Series has like one story on it, and <laughs> got quite a few. WWE people up in my mentions <laughs> and quite a few people where I was just like but but this, these are people who don't have comprehension skills because you've missed the final sentence of my tweet <laughs> this is really how do you how does this work am I getting ratioed by people without comprehension <laughs> I don't understand this as a British person I feel so posh <laughs> but <laughs> but my main point is um in WWE it turns out I was wrong there were stories but they were like final episode before the show or they weren't that strong or they felt quite quick. So in comparison, they felt like... It felt like there was no story, but that's not what I was feeling. And it turns out as well, Becky Lynch herself on the day did an article going, uh, I prefer that... I want it to be stakes at Survivor Series. Turns out there's no stakes. Turns out... <laughs> I was like, oh, no, she herself said what the feeling was I was feeling. <laughs> so I felt vindicated. Anyway, that's a tangent. The point was, <laughs> MJF, CM Punk... This promo, that's why I brought up Cena Reigns, this promo not only had the rip, the back and forth ribbing, but it was so tied to their world, so tied to what was happening, to their story that they are telling, going at each other with the arcs of their characters in AEW, and kind of like their emotions. They, like one of the, some of the biggest pops were purely character-driven ribs, not just going at the real person, which is so damn good. Before we get into specifics, James, what did you make of this promo? Um, one of the handful of best promos or talking segments in AEW history. Um, the only ones that really come to mind that I think are it, match it are, like we said, Cody's Ellis Island, Island promo, the promo um, that John, not John Cena, yes, John Moxie, <laughs> I was called John Moxie, John Cena. Um, John Moxie had with Eddie Kingston saying that, like, I'm going to beat you and you're going to have to live with your failure. Um, almost like Bret Hart-ish, like, uh, and... Um, CM Punk's return promo um, mm. after you know after seven years away from pro wrestling like those are the ones that immediately come to mind um, I'm sure there are others that are also um, very high up there but those are the ones that kind of strike me as like those are incredible promos um, and like I put those up there with you know some of the best promos all the time and like last night was just like AEW doesn't do this and I see that's the reason why they don't do it that often. We're like, they basically spent the first 20 minutes of a, of a show literally doing like, like it was almost like an opening of, of um, promo for raw from 23 mm. years ago. Whereas like Austin comes out, then uh, the rock comes out, then uh, Vince comes out and they, and they just can just eat up and like the crowd eating up everything they have to say. And it's awesome. Um, so yeah, like, I thought it was incredible. I thought that um, a lot of the a lot of the work character work was being done by each other, having them say like their insecurities and put it out there for people. Um, and also kind of topical because I had never heard any comparison to Miz before. Um, the review show Rich said that like people have making Miz comparisons for MJF, and I my my response was like I don't I've never even thought that comparison because one after this uh, Darby Allen opener. I've never seen Miz roast like that a day in his life. Mm. Um, and, and, and two, like, you know, MJF is taken a lot more seriously as um, as far as being a top-of-the-car guy, not someone that they'll push for a certain amount of time because they know he's a great talker. Um, so I just 
So once, once you know, almost a week later, basically a week later, like Punk throws it at, at MJF. Um, thought it was awesome, and I also talked, also like you know, mentioning MJF mentioning Punk's past failures and how you know he has kind of been a master of ceremonies, um, an MC for. Uh, Rampage especially comes out and says I love being here glad to see you guys and then like a lot of these promos a lot of the stuff that comes off where he gets into something is like if someone interrupts him and he don't you dare interrupt CM Punk he's gonna <laughs> want to fight you so like it was really good it was really um catching like everybody and kind of like their, their um a, a moment in time as far as like where they are as characters and where they're kind of where they're headed like especially like that Darby quip about like I mentioned Darby because like he's the heart and soul of this company, and like it eats you up that you're not, and that's why hmm. you, you fought him, and that's why you punched him with the with the ring. Like I thought it was, I thought it was incredible. I thought it was really, uh, is one of the better promos I think I've ever heard. It really is. Hmm. It's the fact that it uses recent stories to the point where like, was this, were the past two feuds specifically going to build to this as well? <laughs> like it, yep. it fits yep. so damn, it fits so damn well. And uh, yeah, also as well, the key point here, we're in Chicago. Like this is a hometown crowd for CM Punk, massively into him, and, and obviously because he's a hometown guy. And like when the show's starting, it's just like oh, for me the best thing for start a Chicago show, you gotta hear those notes, you gotta hear the, <laughs> you gotta hear it, <laughs> it's coming there. I was gonna do more, but I need to cut time off somewhere. <laughs> like a WWE show, no, you're going five minutes. You planned for ten, but you're going five. <laughs> but, oh man. <laughs> but still, it was a. Amazing way to start the show, and CM Punk comes out for his match. That's the that's the thing. This is not a planned promo segment. CM Punk interrupted MJF segment last week, walked out, said nothing, and left. Uh, but the statement was made. So this week, when CM Punk comes out for his much hyped match with QT Marshall, <laughs> and the crowd goes mild. But when CM Punk is just about to get into the ring, that's when MJF rocks up. He, and he interrupts him. He's like, doesn't feel good getting interrupted, does it? <laughs> it's like, oh, yes. Feeding on that really well. And I was, I was happy with that bit there. It's like, oh, yeah. You've built from one week to the next really well. Then they cut this absolutely brilliant promo on each other. Like, they, they both had so many strong quotes to the point where, like, I felt bad writing down just three. <laughs> but there were so many. Right. <laughs> so many. It's like, for me, like, the biggest one, we've brought them is one already. But... Like he thinks he's revolutionary in this industry, that he thinks he's a somebody, when in reality, he's just a less famous Miz. And it's just like the crowd reacting like, that boy dead! <laughs> just the way they're reacting like it's on a rap battle type of, like, this, the full-on, oh! <laughs> from the entire crowd. It's like, oh, it was such a good line. Um, so, and you are, uh, Rich is right, that especially on Twitter, there's been a lot of comparisons to the Miz specifically because this might work. But the thing that gets me is those people must not be watching the show because MJF has already shown he can do more than The Miz in other matches, be it Sammy Guevara, be it Jungle Boy. He's already had these Darby Allin... I say quality, Darby Allin might be the best out of all of them. But he's already... It was. He's already wrestled matches way better than The Miz has ever had in this pot. In this, right. But maybe... But the comparisons never stop. Then you saw it. I, I would see it quite often said on Twitter. It's like, oh... But he's just like the Miz. He can't really go in the ring, and I'm like, "Well, you've clearly just—that's just not true. <laughs> you just not watched the show." Yeah, mm. yeah. When Rich, when Rich mentioned that to me um, on our review for um, Fallout 
all Fallout for for Full Gear. Um, I'm I'm all over place. Like it, I'm surprised I haven't said uh, Bryanson yet. But um, <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get like, there. Like, yeah, I'm sure. Uh, when when he said that, uh, I I said to him the same thing. Like, or my point was like, I think that people, you know, if you're not paying close attention and you see his matches that aren't important, like just matches where he's like, you know, he's mm-hmm. out here and he's facing off a couple, you know, kind of get his heat back. He's he's going out here and he's facing Pillman Jr. Um, like you would think, like okay, well that match wasn't super impressive. Why does the dude get to t- get to talk and run his mouth all the time instead of get to, you know have to get in the ring and, and and throw down? And it's like nah, like when he's when he's in there with um some someone his age, he can go out there and is at a high level. He can go out there and have a great match. Like he did that with Darby, he did that with Jungle Boy, he did that with Guevara. Um, as you as you mentioned, and like most of his matches aren't built towards that. Like I think um obviously. You, you know, the John Moxley match wasn't a classic or anything, but, like, that was a good match. I think people kind of, you know, um, follow him as, like, he does all of this so well, so normally people that are heels that talk that well, they normally can't back it up in the ring um, from a technical standpoint, and he can. Um, it's, he doesn't really show it that well. Like, he presents himself in a way to where, like, you only get one big match for him maybe every two months. So that's, that's kind of the deal, and... You know, when you see in this particular promotion, when you see Phoenix and Pentagon and Pac, whenever Pac's here, and you know Andrade, Alistair, Hangman, like they're you know, I'm, Bryant just did it, Danielson, um, <laughs> con- yourself, like. constantly in the constantly are in the ring, going at it, and like you know, mm-hmm. looking like the best among the best wrestlers in the world, and then you see him like only doing it, you know, kind of doing it in a in a like an '80s fashion, where almost like you know. Um, he's setting himself up for big matches on like you know the big four, the old big four for WWE, like how the big four are for pay-per-views for AEW. Like uh, it's it's just a different way of doing it. So I, I can see how you kind of get he gets lost in the shuffle as nah maybe he isn't really a good wrestler. Nah he is. He might not he might not be as good as Darby Allen or or um, Sammy Guevara, but like that dude can go out there with the right person with a match built up with emotion, go out and have a great match like technical and. I mean, I people people have uh, convinced themselves that MJF ain't good. They've been worked. Mm-hmm. They don't like that dude, and that's part of it, also. So, mm-hmm. um, he's 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 a really good wrestler in the ring, and he's a he's one of the best promos in the world. Yeah, and he just the lines in this promo as well, and just the fact that they the, the other I guess criticism I say criticism to tackle is criticism in air quotes because again. It's something easily kind of tackled, but I thought before MJF lent into the Cena thing, <laughs> which is like, I was like, oh yes, MJF after that Miz line, that's him done. Then he leans into the Cena thing with the comparison with uh, CM Punk, which he let, which Punk himself lent into with the Kingston feud, and uh, calling him PG Punk, just the like. You're just coming out, you're thanking the crowd. Oh, he's just so happy to be here. Where's that cutting edge guy that I grew up on? Just, and as well as saying, you've always been second best, whether it be the you can't see me man or the king of kings. <laughs> just leaning in to that. Anyway, it's just, uh, but this is where the other criticism came. And again, criticism in air quotes, because this is going to be piss easy for us to tackle. <laughs> Was that, oh, it's AW mentioning w, uh, going ribbing on WWE again. To which I'm like, hold on a second. This is This was actually not a stab at WWE at all. This is acknowledging the past of their people exist because the audience know right. it. Because it right. is, again, in terms of like filmmaking and things, 
it, if the audience knows it, then you have to make an active decision. Do your characters also know what the audience know or not? And in the wrestling world, it makes absolutely zero sense to pretend something the audience knows doesn't exist. Cough, cough, WWE. Right. <laughs> like right. a land it is, it is, Right. And in movies, it is particularly frustrating um, in certain movies where, like, you know if critical information... Mm. Or you're smarter than the actual uh, protagonist, right? Like, oh, yeah. I think the, I think the, I think you could probably be like about five minutes, especially like non-linear um, movies. Like, I think it's best for to like be like uh, five minutes ahead of the protagonist at any given moment. Like, and once you get further than that, you just kind of get yourself in trouble. Um, but yeah, like the criti- Here's the response to that criticism of people saying they use AEW too much. I don't necessarily di- I don't necessarily disagree with you, uh, but in this, but while saying that, there is also uh, this part with AEW. They acknowledge the history of pretty much everybody's background, right? So you will have Emi Sakura versus Riho, and they are talking about an ice ribbon promo or an ice ribbon uh, storyline of teacher and student from like a decade ago. It's ice ribbon. Mm. Like they just yeah. had their 50th <laughs> anniversary in front of like less than 500 people. So, mm. like, don't get so when you have people with a history like CM Punk as being um, a main event headliner, a person that has been a multiple time champion, a person that had a 400 some odd day run with the WWE title, don't give me that you can't use his history. Like it's not illegal to mention other promotions, like other promotions history. Like you just have Punk basically talk about the Indies and ROH with, with uh, mm. Eddie Kingston, right? You have everybody, you ha- you've had allusions from Kenny Omega about uh, Kota Ibushi um, on more than one occasion, you had him when he cut that one weird thing about how, like, apparently uh, the powers that be in New Japan don't want him and Obushi together. And then you had on the Go Home show that contract signing where um, Hangman is mentioning Obushi. You have constant mentions of, not constant, but like pretty regular, um, like, name drops of Okada. We've had Tanahashi give a birthday surprise, uh, a birthday, happy birthday wish to Chris Jericho. And all the Forbidden Door stuff back and forth with all the uh, New Japan dads with Moxley. So, like, don't tell this is a promotion for the world, just like most promotions are. WWE does it closed, closed off, closed circuit, um, however you want to call it. Like, th- that's just a difference mm-hmm. of how they, how they both interact. Like, I do think um, at some points it can be kind of um, irritating when they do digs at WWE. Because, and the only reason why I find that to be an issue is like, because we know WWE will not throw digs back on screen. So, like, really, for me, like, if you want to go back to the Monday Night Wars, we got Billionaire Ted promos and Jim Cornette talking about how uh, Roddy Piper and Hulk Hogan, uh, how uh, the commentaries are lying about that that awful match being one of the best uh, cage matches of all time when it wasn't even, like, the best tag or, or cage match that month because it was uh, Hell in a, the first ever Hell in a Cell, then sure. But... Like, I just think people got to come to peace with like these people have histories. You're going to rely on it because that is that enhances the storytelling as opposed to like they have to someone has to show up and his name is CM Punk and we have to pretend like everywhere CM Punk was never happened. Yeah, because it's not like because it is a AW has decided it is a continuous world like everything every everyone who shows up like you got Bobby Fish and Adam Cole making undisputed era references. Right. This isn't a different movie, which is. Because I have seen some comments on Twitter kind of responding to this, to different people. Just, I've seen somebody say, well, well, it's a new company, so for me, I want them to be new 
characters completely with a fresh slate. That's their personal want. But the thing is, to use that as a criticism here, you're ignoring already established information. AEW has right. told you, just like James gave so many examples, and he's not even named all of them. <laughs> where, where they, no, I have not. Yeah, I mean, I just did another one with the Bobby Fish Adam Cole. <laughs> there are so right. many. And to then go, oh, I think this is bad because uh, oh, they're using this history. So, so they can use any history, just not the one company. And that, that's the thing I don't quite get. Right. <laughs> they, right. Like, right. The feud right punch now... just came out of as well. Say again? The feud uh, punch just came out of with Eddie Kingston. Like That was right. all about their history. Right. right. And like, I mean, you look at this company and like, I can't remember the last time there wasn't somebody that was on the show on a regular basis that wasn't at least one person that wasn't a champion from a different promotion. Like right now, uh, obviously, uh, the, the vacated thing with the Triple uh, A Mega Title with Kenny Omega now he's going mm. to get, uh, you know, work. He'll get some, you know, rehab and surgery or whatever else for however he must he's going to be gone. But like, we still have um, FTR as the Triple A Tag Champions. We have, um, you know, earlier in 2020 for most of the year, like or the first half of 2020. Uh, you had Riho coming around with multiple belts because she was a Stardom High Speed Champion. Like mm-hmm. so, I don't, I don't really. And this is why she was also the AEW uh, uh, World Women's Champion. So it's like I don't really see how, you know, you present these belts, you show them that that people are champions of other promotions. They impact Tyler as well with Christian mm-hmm. earlier in the year, and also see, and also uh, uh, Omega. Like this is a thing. Like they they are open. Like the, the Forbidden Door and people and all that kind of stuff is like that includes also putting that in the history with these in these other promotions into storylines like you also another darby one like darby's um darby and ethan page was playing off of like the stuff they did on the indies i believe it was in evolve yeah yeah it was yeah. so yeah so i mean it's it's there's tons of examples of <laughs> tons of examples yeah <laughs> so yeah so even though it is a thought that obviously i can be like yeah but that's your personal thing that's what you personally prefer obviously entertainment subjective right. But to then use that as a criticism in a world which has already given you so many examples of the, them acknowledging the entire wrestling world because right. you, the audience, know it. Or feel, or when they've done that, they will then inform you of it. Because, yeah, going to be honest, obviously I didn't know the ice ribbon history. <laughs> Not going to lie. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> but it's just, it is part right. of that, just letting you know of the wider wrestling world. And that kind of makes the whole world feel kind of lived in in this massive, massive space compared to this one island of this is a... Because I would call it a kind of hangover from the pure WWE era. Because TNA, TNA wouldn't really acknowledge outside, except for if they were mm-hmm. doing a deal with them, like when they had their deal with right. New Japan. Yeah, so mm-hmm. the kind of TNA played to the WWE world <laughs> compared to AEW. They've said they want to do everything their own way, and they generally are doing it in their own way, borrowing lots of different ideas from things they personally liked that was already out there. Um, it's like a collection of the greatest ways to do it, rather than everything being brand spanking new. Because as I've said before, nothing AEW's done has been... Is, like, if you look at it individually, it's, oh my god, that idea is revolutionary. It's like, no, it's just competent. <laughs> it's just competent thinking. <laughs> it's not that crazy. Yeah. <laughs> competent writing, competent just thinking things through. But... Uh, it is a carryover from the pure WWE world that wrestling was. Because again, the, just the comments of uh, all the criticisms of well, AEW, there's so many people who were formerly in WWE. It's like, yes, because for years, WWE was wrestling. 
There was nowhere else. So if you wanted to be that big, that a big successful guy, you went to WWE, and like, that, yeah, and so many were in their developmental. So many like NXT has then ended up becoming an amazing developmental for AEW. <laughs> They've created so many stars. Right. Them. <laughs> right. I I think the thing I think the thing for me is like I kind of now that you mentioned it, it kind of falls into the the. The mention of how you mentioned how they, you know, people, there is criticism of they're using too many WWE guys. And like, mm-hmm. um, like, I think either, I mean, it's, 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 it's it could be multiple things, but like, I mean, the main things will be like either A, you're, you're saying this in bad faith, B, you don't remember like what caused WWE to, you know, win the Monday mm-hmm. Night War, the talent that helped them win the Monday Night War. And, um, and, and I just, like nah, man. Like Undertaker, Triple H, uh, Steve Austin—they all got their starts in WCW, and mm. then they ended up in WWF. And um, the like, The Rocket is really like the only um, star that was like there. Well, you say Kurt Angle as well, but Kurt Angle was an Olympian, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Olympic gold yeah. medalist. But but like those are those. You think of the people that he that have been like the biggest stars in the company's history in the last thirty years, or let's say twenty five years, and like most of them started out and had a notable start somewhere else aside from like the Rock and Angle, um, one that were still like WCW around. So like, I don't think that's necessarily a criticism to really uh, throw at WWE. So when people say it about W about AEW, I'm kind of like, yeah, I mean. If you want to go there, then like let's talk about like how many Ring of Honor people are in WWE over the last you know since 2016. Mm. Mm. We don't we're yeah. not going to do that, and you know why they're not going to do that. So um, that's that's what that's what it comes down to me. Like you look at AEW, like it's you know New, the heart of it is like what stuff that happened in Ring of Honor in in New Japan, mm. and that that kind of like leads into the like final two lines to address as well. Uh, the first, both of them from CM Punk. So the first one was uh, saying that MJF, you're talking about the four pillars, but you not even realised you've been replaced by Britt Baker. <laughs> Which I thought was uh, That's so a fun good. Line. <laughs> and especially as it just like dawns on me now that when we're talking about like the future and homegrown talent, they've got that in those four people, in those four pillars. I know it said Britt Baker as well, and then they're also building the future. Like, <laughs> look at it, they've got fighting Eddie Kingston and Rampage. Like, yet another vet, awesome veteran to wrestle Dan- uh, Garcia. And mm-hmm. then they've got Dante Martin, where Team Taz are doing everything they can to get him on their team because they they rate him so incredibly highly. He's such an incredible young talent that they want him that strongly. He's like, yeah, they're building the crop after the four pillars as well. Like, we'll <laughs> get in there. They are setting up for like a, for, I guess, a super long-term future where they've got these still mid-20-year-old guys who are ready to take over once the current generation kind of... Uh, where the, the crowd starts to tire of the current generation, that next one is ready. They're already bubbling under the surface. They're already making their claims. And like To that point where I feel like the next champion after Paige, unless you do like a mega heel run for a veteran guy in between this and the one of the four pillars winning it because uh, again I wouldn't be against a mega heel run for CM Punk who then puts over one of the four pillars to kind of transition from Hangman of course I'm talking quite a while down the line yeah 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 you could also just skip that and go straight to MJF and he be he's yeah. the heel champion there's yeah. so much to play um, 
Yeah, I, I think I think some combination of the next five champions will be um, Darby Allen, MJF, Daniel Bryan. Uh, so I just said Daniel Bryan. Uh, Bryan Danielson, <laughs> uh, Adam Cole, and CM Punk. Like some combination, probably like three three of the five will at least be the champion. Like, and I'm pretty sure Dar. I'm, I'm almost guaranteed. I, I almost want to say as a guarantee that like Darby's going to be champion, but MJF is a lock. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. That's kind of that's kind of where it is, um, and they they've done that work um, to get to that point, and we'll see. As you mentioned with with Dante, um, that that they have something that works for for a future champion, and like you know, you you, you kind of starting to see that with the women's division during this tournament, where you see like Jade, and you see which is obvious, but like uh, I've I felt this for a while now that like. Um, Red Velvet as a TBS champion or as a um, AEW Women's World Champion, like um, that, I think that her day will come for that. Um, and you know, Serena and uh, Jamie Hayter and like, there's they are a lot of the criticisms that were happening after All Out with you know the three new talents coming in um, around that time and like the lack of you know the trouble with the women's division and lack of time or lack of focus more and more most lack of focus and then like the lack of black uh wrestlers on the on the um card like i feel like there have been some real steps towards trying to work on that um since in that cycle since and even you know following through with that like so i um you know like i think the future is is, you know is in good hands already but like even the long-term future is uh being taken care of right now Mm. and then like and give us the promo holy shit because again Far enough into this show to say swear words. <laughs> you have to get past a certain minute line before I get over any swear. Uh, when MJF was delivering like these great zingers, Punk was right there, stabbing right to the core. I was like, oh, it was so good. The fact that both of them had some really hard shots as well. Uh, calling out that Punk challenging the heart and soul of AEW in Darby Allin instead of him just eating Maxwell up inside. And Punk with this... The absolute killer, and also a knock on Triple H. So this one is an actual criticism <laughs> uh, from Punk uh, to uh, do the week. But who's number one around here? Is it you? The only way you'll be number one is if we wait around long enough for Tony to have a daughter that you marry. <laughs> it's just like good God. Yeah. <laughs> just murder Triple yeah. H with that line. <laughs> yeah. And and, and and the thing about it is like when you talk about the WWE on, you know, references or whatever else, like it also works in the history of CM Punk because like, Mm -hmm. we know he hates the Miz because he, you know, he said that foul thing to him about a year ago about uh, Saudi Arabia um, on Twitter. And also like, we know that triple H does not like, um, or or, sorry, uh, the triple H and CM Punk have not never liked each other, which, you know, he's even said in interviews when coming back, it is like all the people that, all the old timers that love me also are like looked up to by the guys that should, that also love them. And like, but they don't get along with me. And as I've always found that weird, he's clearly talking about like Harley race in in different old, old school people that helped him on the way that like triple H adored, you know, and like, but then it, then it was a conflict when it came to getting it to work in WWE. So yeah, like, you know, if you want to say that's a criticism, I mean, sure, but like we know CM Punk don't don't rock with Miz or Triple H for real. Mm. Yeah, and it makes sense to then bring that up here. And is it? Oh yes, yeah, so, so damn good, so good. Uh, yeah, what for me in terms of is it the best AEW promo? Yeah, the, the question. I guess uh, yeah, Punk Kingston 
the Cody one, the Moxley. It's like there's so so many great promos. I came out of this thinking, well, this is definitely one of the best, and past that it becomes subjective. Just CM Punk's had two feuds in a row where the people were just excited to see him talk to the other person. <laughs> They're both so damn good on the mic. Yeah, AW doing a really, really good job with these. Uh, anyway, we have got a rest of our show to get through. <laughs> so, uh, let's start with the really high point of QT Marshall wrestling on Dynamite. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's some uh, sarcasm in there. Yeah, this match was just to give the hometown man his win. Just That's just a crazy concept that these new companies have come out with out of nowhere. No one said it was a good idea before AW did it. <laughs> and that's science. <laughs> that sudden reminder of, oh yeah, they're going to do a wrestle now. <laughs> it's like it's AW. He did come out for a match. <laughs> He's gonna actually have the match now. Uh, Punk beating QT in convincing fashion, as he should. Not a job out. Not a complete destruction. Like using the anger from the promo to really go at QT. No, they had a, back, a semi back and forth match, but Punk was always winning, and he won. Do you have any further comments, uh, Big Full Boyd from Thanksgiving, <laughs> before we move on? No, um, this crowd was dead as hell when QT Marshall uh, <laughs> kept this match competitive or was control, and then until CM Punk uh, had his comeback at the very end of the match, the crowd got back up for it, and then he won. Um, that that was kind of the, that was kind of it. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> uh, moving on to Tony Schiavone with the Jungle Express backstage, uh, Christian talking about their momentum, having them feel unbeatable. Uh, Jungle Express are number one contenders in the tag division again, but this time they have that momentum and Christian Cage. <laughs> so yes. What are those two things going to be enough? And he made sure that he's like, you guys will be the next champions. It's, it's almost as if he was saying, like, I will cheat for y'all. Yeah. Um, but but, we'll, but hmm. we'll see. Um, hmm. I think that after, you know, that first 20 minutes, like, com- uh, comparatively speaking, I thought that... Uh, Christian really didn't have much to say, obviously, because that was mm-hmm. like you know one of the most important things they ever done. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it kind of it was obviously lacking in comparison, but um, it was good. To, it was good to get their faces out there, um, to, you know, and kind of you know touch on where they stand right now after you know they they murdered or Jungle Boy murdered uh, someone with a concerto, like all heroes do. <laughs> it's fair to say. Uh, also, this for me, this feels like the first step in what probably should be doing in making Jungle Boy one of their grand champions. And this is part one, getting the tag belts. I, I feel like he's almost a lock to be a grand, they're maybe the first grand champion with the TNT tag and AEW. Because I, I don't think anyone's... It's, I think the TNT one is the one that's missing. And Guevara's not being tag champion. And Jungle Boy could be the first one to do it. It feels like the most natural to kind of... Obviously, it's AEW. They've got the time to do it slowly. But I feel like he's the most yeah. natural guy to do it, especially as he can just start in the tag division and then go single slowly and uh, slowly slower. Yeah, this feels like a great I, first step I think, I think there's a very good chance that Jungle Boy ends up being um, like the Bailey if we were compared them to... <laughs> so you're talking about four pillars being compared to the four <laughs> horsewomen? Like, he could, be, he could be like the latest bloomer. And <laughs> then like once, you know, once he achieves, it's like you look back and it's like... Wow! Look at what look at what all this look at all this mm. that was done to get you know this this click of you know of uh, of stars all you know in line like so yeah I, I I can see that happening yeah and each one can take like a year like you've got years to do this like <laughs> even yeah, longer than that yeah. like that's, that's the thing with AEW and tons of wrestlers yeah and there's this setting you up for the future so much that you expect things to play over like over over a really really long time but the only company I've ever trusted to do that was New Japan. Obviously, recent era question mark, but 
right, <laughs> right, the right, best right. of it. Like 2015 through 2019. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just the I guess like the one I look at the most is the Naito arc. Just how many years yeah. it was between like each po- uh, point as well. Like you start like even the, his split from um, Takahashi. The, uh, to think that he and Yujiro were tag team once. <laughs> just the. Um, they wrestled in TNA. Is no limit. <laughs> it's, they're on one of the lockdown pay per views. It's really weird. <laughs> but yeah, they and yes, they get they get the uh, pretty stereotypical Japanese music. Oh, you're Japanese, lad, are you? Why don't we just get out the <laughs> just the clock and spiel? <laughs> it's got a. There's only one song you can do for Japanese people in wrestling, apparently, until the recent era where they allowed actual music. <laughs> Thank, as in, <laughs> past the same notes. Uh, anyway. So, yeah, just they were the last company that I trusted to do like a re- years long. We're talking like 2011 till whenever he was finally crowned champion. Like it all flowed as one big thing. There was a massive shift mm-hmm. in the middle where something wasn't working, but it all flows for like eight mm-hmm. years, which is insane. And the one big right. arc from Okada to Okada was four years. AW are setting themselves up to have me trust them on that level. So that's why I feel like I can get to jungle. Obviously, we're not past like the first three-year test, really, where you can start to really judge a company like this. But we're getting there. We're getting there. Uh, Eddie Kingston trying to just cut a nice Thanksgiving promo. Just be happy. He's in his happy place in catering with him and his piece of cake. <laughs> he just wants to eat his cake. <laughs> However, 2.0 once again getting in his face, going after him. <laughs> and it's uh, it's Matt and Jeff. I don't actually know which one's Matt and which one's Jeff. Jericho helps. Same. Yeah, as I said, Jericho helps, but we called one of them the one with the square head. <laughs> I was like, I remember that, <laughs> but I'm not gonna remember their name. They are hilarious on BTE. They're one of my favourite ones that come on every week. This, it's just those two just going at somebody as they say on BTE. They do a bit where they chew off somebody, as in they just rant about something someone's done. And they're hilarious. <laughs> I absolutely love them. But part of it is, going in here, on the show, they are delusional jobbers. And I love that. They've just got all the confidence in the world and every time they get their ass kicked. <laughs> There's no kind of, oh, we're going to get our heel wins to build all that heat. It's like, no, you lose every match. <laughs> and you go into the next one as if you did <laughs> get your heel win and get that confidence because you're delusional. And I love that. But Daniel Garcia has actual talent. And that's kind of the way it works. Also, with Danny Garcia holding up the fists <laughs> as well. I love that. <laughs> Just taunting Eddie. <laughs> so, and that was such a good ending to it as well. With Garcia like that and Eddie Kingston ready to murder. <laughs> it was so good. So damn good. Uh, yeah, say so not with those two. For Rampage, which made official late in the show. And I think this next match... It's obviously just on the same quality bar. It's Gun Club versus Bear Country. <laughs> this is straight out off of uh, AW Dark. It's, yeah, Gun Club. So I didn't notice until Rich told me that Gun Club have remained undefeated on AW Dark. And that's kind of where, and they kind of use that, and of course, I say to elevate, but that's what Dark Elevation is. But to even elevate from there, of this thing has relatively worked on Dark. Let's try it on the main card. Yeah, for, and we're kind of seeing that slow transition every now and then with something. I don't know why it's Gun Club, <laughs> but it's testing the formula. I get it. Uh, Gun Club remains undefeated as a team. This week, Billy tagging with his son Colton as the hype son Austin. He was the hype man throughout the lockdown era. Like in that crowd, he was per- Austin Gunn's perfect role 
is front row in the crowd. <laughs> Not uh, yes, in 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 also like donning uh, Hikaru Shida's garb. <laughs> like he's just. And to be fair, in this match, they start to utilise him like, actually, he's a really good man just to have on the front row, creating noise. Let's just have him manage from ringside <laughs> for us on this. Uh, yeah, I don't really have much for the match. They won. They remain undefeated. Uh, there's not really much else to say. Billy Gunn's wearing a choke. That I noticed that. <laughs> it's like, oh, in- interesting outfit, Billy. <laughs> but after the match, there was one thing of note. After the match, Sting comes out. Austin charges at him, and in an absolutely amazingly timed run from Darby Allin, because Austin doesn't stop running, he just charges at Sting, who's stoic as ever, as Darby Allin just powers out with everything behind, just taking the man out. And it's like, that was timed amazingly. That looked incredible (laughs) for both men. (laughs) Sting with the absolute trust that Darby Allin will be there right in time. And I guess the same for Austin, who's doing the run as well. (laughs) <laughs> so that was oh, so no good. It was awesome. It it almost made all of that time wasted on that match worth it. Almost, yeah. <laughs> almost, almost. Uh, after almost. that, we get the. I feel like um, for when I do the segment, this next one, I'm like, I mean, we got Punk MJF earlier. They can't all be winners. It's Adam Cole and Bobby Fish talking about being best friends, and they're the best friends in AEW. But then the tag team of best friends rolling. Going, no, we're the best friends. Quite literally, we are best friend, the best friends, and that sets up our match. <laughs> it's just like, okay, we got Punk, Punk MJF earlier. They're not all going to be winners. <laughs> That's what this is. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> yeah, uh, Adam Cole says, uh, either Cole or Fish is like, you don't, I don't even know what your name is. And I was like, well, you, you just said it. And Ooh. obviously, you know, it's, it's like that's their humor. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, this, was one of the, this was one of those like, uh, they just they decided to give them time and they, they didn't use it to the best of their of their capabilities. But um, at least we're going to get a match out of it. Mm. Yeah, at least the match will be great. That'll be, it'll be super fun. Just a, a fun dynamite match. I'm perfectly down for that. Uh, FTW contract signing. Just a little segment that I thought would go relatively run of the mill. As in, this is just a story beat. We need to get out of the way to move to the next thing. Is what I was expecting. What we actually got was Dante seemingly going against Leo Rush and actually signing with Taz. And just to seal the deal, he partook in the hook snack. That seals the deal. <laughs> you take your, in America they're called chips, take your chips from hook <laughs> and you're in. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, you, you don't say no to hook when he offers you chips. <laughs> That's the rule I've learned. <laughs> okay, so I think at the beginning, I thought that um, given that uh, Leo came in and he was talking about how you know he has some friends or he has some people in in um in high power high positions of power that you know he uses uh, you know he makes money you know more or less like looking at underutilized uh you know um assets or whatever else mm. so to me it sounded like he was a scammer <laughs> right yeah so I thought that you know with with Darius out he was going to you know team up with Dante when he pulls Dante away from um, the Sidells. And then eventually we're gonna go down a path to where they're a really good tag team, and either Don, either Leo, like eventually expo- comes forward and exposes himself to be a fraud all along, or um, it was gonna be a, a choice of like they're gonna come upon a, ta- a chance to get the tag titles, and then like that's right around the time Darius comes back and he has to decide on if he wants to stick with this guy that's helped him start winning, or he's gonna stick with his his, his own blood, his brother. 
Um, this now with Leo looking over this contract for with um with Team Taz, and then he's saying like this is a bad deal. Don't sign this, and then Dante still signs it. To me, it screams that like no, nah, they're going with really going with like Leo actually being a babyface. He's really looking out for Dante's best interest, but Dante is young and dumb, and he and he hasn't like had some of the you know bad things or things go bad in a way that like they've gone bad for Leo in other places right mm. <laughs> um so like uh, obviously like they're going to reconnect and they're going to be you know better for it and like i i, I actually like this story better that mm. leo isn't um actually for now not actually really a scumbag he's actually looking out for dante and eventually they'll team back up again so i'm i'm i really liked it um because lee him and leo or sorry uh leo and dante together like they're fantastic oh yes. they're fantastic yeah. so um yeah like this is actually like turning out to be better than what i thought it was going to be originally Oh, 100%. And it gives you the opportunity to, as you're saying, if you get the whole thing with Darius, if he does side with blood, you could just have Leo say the same. <laughs> just a, there's a certain debut that could... We're talking of swerves. <laughs> there's a, mm-hmm. a certain debut that you could do just by this angle, and I feel like it's not n- known that widely. So it could be a genuine shock for most of the audience. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, there's a certain free agent Certain, certain hottest free agent that you could very naturally bring in. <laughs> My only thing is, actually, the way I'd want the arc to play out would be way past <laughs> the whatever the clause is, uh, whatever day compete there is. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. for me, it's like there's certain people where it's get a ASAP. Whenever that no complete ends, get them. And I wouldn't be surprised if because quite a few right. people still on NXT contracts, given how quick certain things happened. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, although we did get a few people with new contracts then, but it doesn't matter, tangent <laughs> anyway, the TBS Championship Tournament quarter final matchup between Jamie Hayter and Thunder Rosa a sign that I enjoyed a match so much is when I suddenly realised at the ad break that I had not written any notes, because I was just soaked <laughs> up in watching it <laughs> this was such a good match and uh, yeah. just to quickly say the result before we go into how much we liked it a brutal looking proven necktie from Rosa immediately called uh, our baddies in for the interference but it all fell down with miscommunication Uh, Baker super kicking the Southampton lass right in the jaw and letting Rosa back in to score a quick pin win Uh, James what did you think of this match as I've just said I absolutely loved it yeah, very, very good match. Um, one of the more physical regular rules matches you'll see in AEW uh, women's division so far. Um, you know, uh, one of the things I was concerned about with Jamie in AEW, and I think people don't really know this yet, is like she's a hell of a promo. Um, mm-hmm. And like it just hasn't been, it just hasn't been um, given space for that because most of the oxygen in the building, has, in the room, has been taken up by Britt. I um, mean, she's more like she's more built to be like a, a goon muscle, so she hasn't really been able to showcase that. But like, she's very charismatic. She's a great talker, and she is a hoss. And um, they haven't really showed her in one of those matches yet until now. And like, this is kind of what you what you would see when she would like bully around, like you know. Um, the smaller women in, in stardom. So I, I was happy to see it. And like, there's a lot more, mm. um, to be honest with you, uh, with Jamie. Like, I, I, I think highly of her. Um, I wish she had never left stardom, to be honest with you. So, <laughs> uh, uh, but, um, but yeah, like, I think, I think that um, now that, you know, she, uh, she was caught dead to rights in the Peruvian neckties, you said, and Britt breaks it up. And then Britt tries to cheat and she ends up eating a super kick and she's mad. Like, we'll see where the, where this goes. Like, this could be a way to get her away from 
um, away from Britt or, you know, kind of get her out, you know, on her own or, uh, or to, you know, eventually get a match for, uh, you know, over being upset. So we'll see what happens. But like, um, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy that like they're starting to pull the, or push the button on whatever is going to happen to get her to wherever they want her to be mm. as opposed to just being a goon. Oh yeah. And I feel like that's a really good place to, if they're all set up for that, whenever Baker loses the title. So that there's immediately a program because I don't even I don't know if it needs to be for the title, especially as the idea is to probably elevate Hater with it rather than Baker retaining. So it feels like that's a thing you have bubble, and then it, when it's ready, it, yeah, all, all fires. But the setting it up now, which is like it's the AW thing, they know they're gonna do a thing, so they start setting it up months in advance, if not way before, yep. so that it makes sense when it happens, rather than oh, right. it'd be cool if we did this. Yeah, let's do it then. Okay. No, build to it. <laughs> right. Don't just do it. Like, like mm. you know, we were talking about the MJF eventual AEW World title run. It's like, you know what's going to happen. Like, eventually mm. they're going to press that button and Warlord is going to have, is going to have like a Batista-like um, storyline with MJF. Batista, Triple mm. H storyline with MJF. Like, it, you, you, you've seen it for, you've seen it for a year, over a year now. And yeah. like, when it happens, people are going to be like, He's like, yeah, because they've been they've been showing you all this stuff. Like when you know he's a grown ass man, he has someone watch over him as an accountability buddy. Like, come on, yeah, come on, <laughs> yeah, come on. So, um, mm. I'm I they they they're really good at sowing seeds. They really are. Mm. And uh, it's the uh, triple H te- triple H technique of just when it's November time, just sprinkle everywhere <laughs> something all cotton on. Then yes, then you can get yes, even if you. <laughs> yes, even if you have to shoot like three angles in yeah. one match on, on a Survivor Series, even if you got to do that, yeah, <laughs> he knows what's up. Uh, Chris Jericho interviewed Tony uh, 2.0, uh, showing up again. They're just a glutton for punishment <laughs> as they unwisely cut Chris Jericho off. And this is where I learned that one of them I will always remember as Squareface, the one with the square face. <laughs> Don't know if it's Man or Jeff, <laughs> but I know he's got a square face. Um, yeah. And that's pretty much it, really. Van them down, and I guess they're going to get beaten up by Joko next. It's just, uh, I mean, it's good to see all the veterans kind of like, yeah, we're going to, oh, I'll be happy to wrestle Garcia, and just give all of that experience to him, to turn him into this awesome talent in the future. Really, really great to see. Uh, after that, we got the run over. This probably would have been better to talk about immediately, but Britt Baker giving her thanks and a little Thanksgiving special with her friends. Without Jamie Hayter, kind of just a little note there, where it's uh, Reba one side and Tony Schiavone. But Tony ruined it all by announcing that Rio will be getting a Black Friday deal match against her this Friday. If Rio wins, she gets a title match against Baker, uh, a.k.a. what we've seen ruined in WWE as the Championship Contenders match. <laughs> but it's... But... The reason I crapped on that in WWE and I'm not here is in WWE, they book those matches almost every single week on their television. The champions lose all the time on their shows. Like, not every week, yeah. but they lose all the time. To Often, set... regularly. Yeah. Like, like I was talking about last week with um, the women's tag team division, where almost every... as soon as the Kabuki Warriors versus Banks and Bailey ended, then every single women's championship feud has been champions lose singles matches title match maybe with a if you've got an extra week maybe you do a like multi-person like an, you're involved in an eight man or an eight woman or something like that or you do a promo or something but it was that pattern and the fact that it it got to the latest one with Nikki Ash uh, ASH and Ray Ripley 
and it was the exact same pattern again. It was a full year of the same story, just different people telling the same story. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's why when they introduced Championship Contenders, they were booking that anyway, and then they slapped a name on it to make it important. Well, no, it's the same booking. You've just put a name on it now. Why should I get excited for this? <laughs> like that's having you you're having your commentators be all, oh my god, it's a championship contenders match. This, what what does this mean if they win? Well, it's inconsistent what it means, <laughs> but that's like the uh, like the lesso of the uh, evil, I guess. But here with AW, they do these matches every now and then, especially with Britt Baker, like Avedon back at Halloween. I, I say back like it was a long time ago, <laughs> but they. They do these every now and then, It's but it's not all the time. It's like maybe once every few months there'll be a match like this. It just so happens to have been one at Halloween, one on Black Friday. Uh, the name's a bit of a cheeky pun. <laughs> Black Friday deal match. <laughs> uh, also, it is kind of work. It's, this is not... We've praised AW like sowing the seeds, long storytelling. This was mm-hmm. a genuine mistake. <laughs> and they've looked back yeah. on it. And now they're kind of like working on that. Uh, but yeah, it'll be a fine enough right. little match. Right, much like the Suzuki incident. incident. Yeah. Or it's like, yeah, she won't even throw, whatever, like, she'll fix it. And I, you know, in, you know, we've watched elimination matches in Japan or Battle Royals in Japan. They go over the top rope too, so I don't, I don't know what happened. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, like, it's, it'll be good to see Riho. I know Rich will be happy. Yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> after she lost the title, it's almost like a proof of life thing. Like, kind of, where is she? Like, mm. you know, you could you she was a don't she was no longer in stardom so you like you wouldn't see her there like she would pop up here and there on like tokyo Joshua pro um and you, you're like okay so she's on dark all right at least i know she's alive because i heard she was announced for something but like what happened to the first our, our inaugural women's champion mm. <laughs> you know <laughs> actually um, yeah the last so, yeah. time before the battle of oil the last time i saw a vessel was in the light speed match at stardom like <laughs> i'm mm. just <laughs> i've i've not really seen her stateside so it's 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 nice to see her back. There's that, <laughs> at least. Yeah. Uh, she'll she'll be a great opponent for Baker. Uh, that'll yeah. Be, yeah. Yeah. Fun match. Uh, after that. Yeah. I mean, if nothing else, because you know, um, Brit is hit or miss. Like, if nothing else, they have their story to rely on of the you know, um, of the hill, the the larger hill working over uh, the the baby face and the baby face found underneath. Like, at, at worst, they should be able to tell that story. Hmm. Yeah, and you've got that dangling carrot of the championship as well. So if Rio yeah. does win, it's not a title match, so Rio can win, which makes it, like, you've seen your head that, no, she can legit win. This is not uncertain. It's unlikely, but it's not uncertain. Because I do like, AW doesn't really pin their champions. They like them to be strong, unless they are directly feeding into something. They don't like to pin them. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, moving on to another awesome segment. Brian Danielson versus Colt Cabana. Uh, Brian Danielson, the former WWE guy beating all the Dark Order baby faces in their hometowns. <laughs> You'd love to see it. In the end, uh, Cabana with the faintest of tapouts after getting stomped on the head multiple times, which seemingly legit knocked out some of his te- one of his teeth before the LaBelle lock had him out. And in... Another notch for the awesome badass Brian, where he cuts a promo holding one of Cabana's teeth that he kicked out. <laughs> like that's, a, that's a badass move. <laughs> and uh, this Len... Actually, before we move into Hangman coming out, what did you make of this match, James? Um, It was a good match. Uh, you know, like, Colt, 
cult uh, with the comedy stuff or being more of a his stuff feels more like a comedy um, type of match than an actual serious match with like how uh, Danielson gets down. Um, you know, he, he just beat him up for, for, you know, being obviously, you know, lower on the shelf, lower on the totem pole and also like doing some like, you know, the, the dusty rolls, bionic elbow and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, um, I, I, you know, I think they kind of got lucky with, it's a fortuitous thing to happen that a tooth got knocked out. Cause he could then say like, look how brutal, how much I brutalized this guy. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a good match and that was pretty much the end of it. Yeah. Uh, why Brian, your former ring of honor friend? It's <laughs> no regard. <laughs> no regard. Uh, then after that hangman was out in his gear with his championship over his shoulder, after Danielson ran him down last week specifically for not being dressed for competition, that oh, once again, and that was never brought up on commentary. I don't think it was just that wasn't brought up by either person. It was just if you're paying attention, one guy said something, the other guy visually responded, but there was no thing past that. At this time, yeah. Brian saying no because he's just wrestled a match. Like oh, Paige trying to take advantage over him wrestling a match. Of course he won't wrestle him. Uh, then Paige running the whole. Oh come on! I'll even let you have the first shot. He's <laughs> running that whole stick. Still a no from Danielson. But don't forget, he's a dickhead. <laughs> Strikes the face anyway for a wee uh, little brawl. A dickhead Danielson just escaping to avoid the buckshot. And yeah, I, yeah, this was another really strong setup for their eventual title match that I assume I assumed was going to take place on their TBS debut. But uh, again, the, the announcement for like the uh, belt special show on January eighth, I've seen some hype up that oh they could be doing matches here, but I thought that was just going to be a live show, like a special live show that's not going to be aired anywhere. So anything they're building is not going to be on that show because that mm. show's not airing on TV. It's not a pay per view. It's not. It's a special. It if. If it is going to air anywhere, it'll be like much later down the line in a little surprise of, oh, by the way, we recorded this show. So there's, so there's that. Uh, yeah, I, I feel I feel like it is going to be that TBS debut. They're setting up a lot of stuff for that. And I am quite looking forward to it. Yeah, um, it's do a big, you know, build up a big show for television so that you can get people and your fans focused on the fact that like we've changed channels. Makes sense to me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, same here. I reckon they'll load it with titles, or at least big matches. Maybe even CM Punk yeah. MJF will be on that show. Because uh, you've got Revolutions all the way in February. So you ha- as much yeah, as I'd like that to play out, no. yeah. Yeah, as much as I would like it to go that long, nah. And you can stretch it to Rampage if you want. <laughs> Just like they did with Grand Slam. <laughs> it can split it. And this brings us to the main event of both the show and this review. It's belt time. Cody Rose, Pac and Lucha Bros versus Malachi Black, Andrade El Idolo and FTR. And also like during these entrances, I was just watching this going, I absolutely love Andrade's entrance. <laughs> just the whole presentation, just the music. He feels like an absolutely massive deal. And then I get his song stuck in my head whilst I'm watching the show. And it's one of the better songs to get stuck in your head. It's it's not Yoshi Tatsu. <laughs> it's a much better song to get stuck in your head. <laughs> Yoshitatsu, great song for trampolining. Awful song just to be sitting there <laughs> watching a show. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, but yeah, this match, the amount of talent in this ring, like good lord, and a white hot crowd loving the hell out of the multi man chaos. But James, could they coexist? Yeah, could they coexist in- indeed? Um, 
I, I really enjoyed this match. I probably have to watch it again um, uh, to understand or to give a true like sense of how good it was. But like they were flying around and it was fun and it felt you know at times it felt almost like a like watching like a wild like indie indie match or like a a um like a WWE house show match of just throwing people in yeah. there for like a like a uh you know like a holiday weekend thing where they just put multiple people on there and they go out there and just uh, do a bunch of crazy stuff. Um, you know I I think um. I think I'm about done with matchups involving Alistair or Malachi and, mm-hmm. um, and Cody. But outside of that, like I thought, you know, I thought this was a, a fun match, a very fun match. Oh yeah. Like and the atmosphere throughout it as well was absolutely fantastic. A great yeah. start to that atmosphere as Cody, as the true bucket up baby face <laughs> throws his belt into the crowd and they treat him like John Cena <laughs> at one night stand, just throw it right back. Yeah, I, um, here's the thing, right? Like, I think for a while, I th- I thought the someone throwing the belt back was going to happen, but the fact that it happened in Chicago makes all the sense in the world because, like, uh, the Chicago Cubs, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. the most popular, uh, their most co- mm. their most popular baseball team in Chicago, um, is a tradition where, like, if the road team hits a home run, they the fan throws the the baseball back into the field or mm. back into the field of play, um, just a tradition. So, like. It happened in Chicago, so it makes all the sense in the world why they throw the belt back. Because, like, at this point, Cody is, you know, um, in this weird, you know, place. So um, it, it made all the sense in the world that it finally did happen in Chicago. I just hope that it doesn't continue happening because, mm. you know, that belt almost that belt almost really could have hurt it up. Hurt it, my God. That belt could have, <laughs> like, could have potentially hurt Aubrey or anyone else mm. not paying attention. Because, like, I don't really like when Cody throws that belt into the into the stands. Because, like, what if you're not paying attention and you end up getting hit with the belt with a uh, buckle? So... Mm. Um, yeah, that's one thing. That, that's one thing I think of, I've thought about for a while now. But now that it, you know, it it damn near hit uh, Aubrey or did hit Aubrey, it could have been worse. Oh yeah, yeah, you saw it. It just takes one person who doesn't know how to throw a belt, <laughs> as we saw here. Just kind of like it went vertically at her as well, which means the buckle, if it was on the end, is gonna that's gonna swing up into her face with momentum. <laughs> so that, yeah, yes, there are the ropes, but that's an even more dangerous talk. Like no, yeah, be careful with this. This was a one-time thing, which was awesome. It was. All in good faith, all within <laughs> this thing. But yeah, also I had no idea. Talk about Chicago. I had no idea why it was called the Second City. I knew it was, mm. but I generally didn't know that history until Punk brought it up. I was like, oh, oh, that's much yeah. better. Yeah, I, yeah, it's yeah, cool. It's cool. <laughs> yeah, in America, we have a history of like major cities being burnt to the ground and being built, built, rebuilt again. Like that happened to Atlanta as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not that wised up on stuff the only things i know are the names which are english town names just with new put in front of it like yeah new yeah, hampshire yeah. new york <laughs> it's right. just, new england yeah new right? england. the whole area <laughs> there are multiple because I, I live in nottingham there are multiple nottinghams in america <laughs> just in different states and things uh yeah there's uh, yes so i know that i know that's my that's all of my like u.s my geography for the states is awful <laughs> it's my my uh, yeah, yeah yeah like the funniest thing for me is right like um in the state of alabama uh i believe their capital is birmingham right mm, yeah, yeah and like birmingham alabama and birmingham england are so different <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're, they're, entirely, they're entirely different but the fact that they have the same name is always, is always kind of like made me chuckle so yeah mm. I, I i'm with you mm. like you wouldn't uh, and, and uh, ironically in both of them you can't understand the word someone's saying for completely different accent reasons <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty... 
Uh, anyway, uh, the pre-action. I was I was thinking about giving them both a go. Then be like, oh, I was like, ah, oh, that's a that's a different one to switch between. <laughs> yeah, you might well, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's too many people that are uh, able to you know definitely handle that one. <laughs> You've got Pete Dunn. It's just him and Tyler Bate. They're Birmingham. <laughs> They're uh, yeah, good, yeah. Good luck understanding them totally. <laughs> Type of stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, the pre-action stare downs. Just letting me know. AEW are just keeping Malachi Black versus Phoenix in the back pocket. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. And they did get together in this ring, and the crowd did go crazy for it. Just, uh, just to let you know, uh, yeah, if you want to do it, Tony, uh, we are up for it. <laughs> I'm not going to go. And we, I am d- kind of done with Malachi Black Cody. So if you want to have Malachi Black kind of transitioning to helping Andrade with those guys, like uh, Malachi Black versus any of the uh, De La Muerte guys. They'll, they'll all be bangers. <laughs> Every one of them. Uh, I'm really looking forward to those. Also, AEW are so damn good at these crazy fun main events. I wouldn't be surprised if it's that kind of link to PWG where this was like, that was their specialty. Was you'd get these mm. crazy multi-man main events and they were always great. Uh, they were always kind of like this fun, chaotic style as well. Yeah, they weren't afraid to just go pure silly either. But it just worked. You were guaranteed a fun time. Yeah, yeah, multi-person. Like, uh, what was it? Was it Orlando 2017 WrestleMania weekend when he did the, the dance thing with Swerve and um oh, yeah. and Drew McIntyre? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> but yeah, I think, they, I think it was yeah. I think Osprey was in it or Ricochet was in it, and yeah, it was a, it was like it was like multiple people, and they start all of a sudden start dancing, <laughs> and then they eventually get uh, McIntyre to get in the ring, and they're like, you know, they're gonna tease, he's gonna dance, and then I think he might do like one or two moves, and all of a sudden he headbutted somebody. Hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, he was a. Fa- I remember watching it. It was a fatal four way, I think, unless it was a crazy tag. Oh, I don't know. I swear, Swerve was in a four way. Maybe I watched. What doesn't help is those WrestleMania weekends. You watch the same people on multiple shows. <laughs> same oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Imagine yeah. being in attendance like like I like me and Rich and you know uh, Jeremy and hmm. and Floyd and and Josh have, where it's like. You go to a few of them, you're like, yeah, I, I saw you like three times. <laughs> like, <laughs> one... <laughs> and like, uh, like I saw, I'm not even joking. Like I saw, um, NXT, NXT weekend. Um, I saw, I'm sorry, NXT weekend, like WrestleMania 35 weekend in New York. Like, I, uh, that's Saturday, I think Saturday or Friday, whenever there was, uh, the takeover where Johnny Gargano won the title, the NXT title. Like I saw Britt Baker on Shimmer, I think it was 113. Then went to the Stardom show where she's like on the undercard, <laughs> and then and then like and next thing you know like uh, Rich and and or Jer- Jeremy run into her like during the takeover. Cause me and Rich <laughs> didn't sit together uh, mm. for that takeover. I sat with Dave Finishel, but like mm. yeah, it was like it's interesting to see how that goes. And like there are stories like that for like New Orleans where I ran and like Madison Eagles at a bunch of different places too. So yeah, <laughs> it is crazy. It is crazy. To keep up. Yeah. <laughs> and there's me just watching the sh- the odd show from abroad going I saw you like three times Swerve I like you but <laughs> like, you're everywhere <laughs> anyway ain't no body realer than Arn Anderson's Glock <laughs> as he stares down Tully <laughs> in all the chaos <laughs> in the end uh, Black with the mist to pack for El Edlo to drive the man's school down into the mat for the pin yeah, really hot finish without all of the chaos. They're teasing Anderson Tully, and I'd per- I'd personally keep that forever lost in teasing. <laughs> just having them go, we're yeah. going to do something, but it's like two old guys who are talking crap, but they both know neither of them can go. <laughs> so they're just coming yeah. up with different reasons to not fight. <laughs> so I just, yeah, just keep them apart, keep them apart. And uh, yeah, this it's super fun chaos in the main event, and the crowd, even though the heels won, the crowd is still going crazy after the end of it. Like, whatever match that fun, like, who cares? 
<laughs> like it was a white house. And and also Cody lost, so people are also happy about that. Oh too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, for me that's that. It was when as soon as I saw like he and Pack kind of like who's going to start kind of talk at the start of the match, I was just like, you've got to lose. Like just it just feels <laughs> like it. <laughs> this is the moment. <laughs> Give Malakai and Andrade and the fact that Andrade got the pin as well. That was great because uh, he, he hasn't picked up too many wins. As far as I know, I can't remember. Has he? Wait, has he? Yeah. He, uh... To go 50 50 with Pack. He, he's basically. Okay, so they both. Andrade won the first match. Pac mm. won the second match. Mm. Um, Pac won the the match on the pay per view uh, where Andrade got pinned. And then, like, yeah, so basically they're, they they're, they basically had four matches and they're both two and two and they both pin each other in all four matches. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, I'd like Andrade. Just, again, it was just purely after watching the entrance. I was just like, this guy feels so special. If they can then back yep. that up with giving him the wins, I feel like this is maybe the first step towards that. Hopefully, maybe you can pin Cody after this. That's just he's pinned. Just yeah, <laughs> go that route. <laughs> also, I was just thinking, watching Cody, it's like what can they do to kind of just feed into this so much more? And it, it just I was trying to think, what do WWE do, which an AEW fan would hate? And I just thought, piping <sighs> crowd noise. <laughs> when he's turning more Homelander, uh, I feel I don't feel like it's something to do soon. But once he starts hearing the booze, just start piping in some cheers. <laughs> just, oh God! <laughs> just piping in. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'd love that. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Uh, I don't know if you do that for the live audience, so they try and boo louder so that they can't hear the cheers, or <laughs> if it's just over the TV, so like it's the next week of TV. I, I don't know. I like the idea of the crowd to get them to boo louder. You pipe in cheers to try and... <laughs> I'd love that. Anyway, that is the end of the show. Uh, thank you, James, for joining me on this Thanksgiving. No matter how full you are, how tired and ready for bed you are with so much food in you. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, do you want to plug all of your stuff? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at jamesboyd87. Uh, you can also follow the podcast I do weekly where we cover um, lots of different things throughout the wrestling week, whether it's AEW or WWE or uh, New Japan or Stardom or even something like Noah, uh, just like uh, we did uh, earlier this week um, at One Nation Radio. Um, and uh, we we do a when we do the show, we also do a live stream as well. So if you want to check that out, you can follow that um, at. Uh, www.twitch.tv slash richlotta Yes, in the, uh, I did put that address in the last episode which I had Mitch on for, so uh, if you want to check that out Appreciate as well <laughs> then you can go and uh, uh, go to that Twitch Anyway, uh, I might start including that when you're on as well, just so it's there uh, Yeah, I'll put my own Twitch, it's only fair <laughs> I'll put my guest stuff Me anyway. as well you can follow me on Twitter at the damn implicat. That's damn as in damn. And also over at the implications with two S's over on Twitch. I've done one stream within like two months. <laughs> I'm planning to get back on it. <laughs> I'm planning. Life's kicked me in the butt. But I'm planning to. Uh, also, I will be back. Uh, I'm really looking forward to no super late nights covering a pay per view because I'm not. I don't think I've got anything to the Royal Rumble, which feels crazy. The Royal Rumble is going to kick my ass. Because <laughs> 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 so with that, well. Because I don't know how I'm going to cover Vessel Kingdom, like because it's because it's because it's two shows at the Tokyo Dome, then the Yokohama show. They're not together, but it's three nights. It's like, what do I do? How do I cover? I could just cover it in written form. <laughs> just not do a. Uh, maybe after like the two nights, I'll do something because I, I normally do an aftershock for Vessel Kingdom. Uh, I'm not <laughs> sure if that's really doable this year. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, anyway, I'll be back on. A, I've not been covering Raw recently, so I might just be back in a week's time. 
<laughs> it is lovely. <laughs> how nice that is. Uh, I did watch more this week, but I was amazed how quickly I got through it when I don't have to write a review. <laughs> like, I've skipped mm. what I wanted, and suddenly I'm done in, like, a third of the time. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> and it wasn't even, like, the worst episode they've done. Like, it was fine. The, the main plot was weird and silly, but still, <laughs> with the egg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me sat there on Sunday, like, what am I watching? Like, I'm happy I'm covering this rather than just watching it for my own enjoyment. Because, <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> what, what is going on? Uh, anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be back for the AW View next week. Uh, also, you can follow Wrestling Headlines on Twitter at Russell Headlines. That's Wrestle without an E. Uh, I, I know I don't have to pronounce it how it's written, but it helps <laughs> get the gag over. Also, uh, Wrestling Headlines on Facebook to join the hundreds of thousands of uh, people over there as well. Uh, anyway, with that... I say thank you for watching and liking, engaging in any form, in any manner. Uh, always appreciate it, never take it for granted. And with that, I bid you adieu. Adios.